Real Podcast. How are you, my friends? I hope that you are ready to have a great week. Fall is coming and the weather is getting cooler. It is nicer out to go walking. I hope that you are doing something this week that you enjoy doing. I hope that you have a couple of plans coming up for some things that you like to do in the fall. Festivals, farms, apple orchards, a pumpkin patch, whatever it is that brings you joy during the fall season. Let's talk about a fall staple, albeit created one, an invented one, that can be a fun tradition for many people and how it relates to the psychology of making decisions. It is related to the ways that we can get stuck in our thinking. It's a corn maze. You know the ones that are made on the farm in the cornfield. For any of you who might never have experienced this fall treat before, a maze is made with a plan and a tractor, and there is a definite beginning, a starting point, one path, and then it diverges off into more paths or options. Every single road that you can choose will end up in a dead end, except for the one correct path, which is the only way out. So each time that you come up to a choice, you either just choose which path you think is right instinctively, or some mazes might give you hints to help you to choose the right way. When you choose the wrong way, you end up at a dead end. So you turn back around and you retrace your steps until you get to the point where you made a choice. And then you follow the other choice to see if that might be the correct path. Sometimes you have to retrace back a few choices if you just keep hitting dead ends. Let's relate this concept of a corn maze to our real lives. Now, the point of this is not that there is only one correct path for you in your life. That's not the analogy that we are making here today. I want you to think of it this way. We have neural pathways that can simulate this. We have many possible pathways in our brains, kind of like a big jumbled up corn maze of paths. The roads that are well-traveled are the choices that we make over and over again. They are familiar and comfortable when they are well-traveled. I want you to pick out one habit that you might have in your life that gives you a result that you don't want a result that you don't like. If you can't think of one for yourself right now, I'll give you some examples of common ones. Nighttime snacking in front of the TV for someone who would like to lose a few pounds. Having a third or fourth or fifth drink for someone who wants to feel healthy and clear-headed in the morning. Maybe putting a few items that you don't really need into your Amazon cart for someone who is trying to stick to a budget and maybe pay off some debt. Going out to have fun for the 17th weekend in a row for someone who really has some home projects that they want to finish. Or someone who goes on social media every night before bed 
and leaves that book that they want to read untouched. You get the drift. Maybe one of these ideas sparked another idea that fits into your life right now. The thing that you are currently doing is the path that you are taking in the corn maze that would end up at a dead end. There's nothing wrong with that path. It doesn't hurt you while you are taking it. It looks just like any other path that you could take in the corn maze. You are still out in the fresh air, enjoying the crisp fall weather. You're getting some exercise. You're looking up at the blue sky and the golden bales of hay that line the path. It feels enjoyable, comfortable, and you're having fun. But then you come up against a dead end. You're surrounded by bales of hay, and you can see then that you're in a place that is far away from your goal. There is literally no way to get to your goal from there, not without turning around and going back and trying that last choice again. Now, in real life, we can't turn back time and make a decision again. Just like you can't snap your fingers and transport yourself in the corn maze back to the last point of making a choice. In a corn maze, we have to turn ourselves around and walk back, walking back from where we are and looking for a point of options. And in the process, sometimes we see other people who are walking the way that we went and we give them a clue that it's the wrong path. They see us walking back, and so they know to stop going down that path. They turn around with us, feeling fortunate to know that it's a dead end before they see it for themselves. Sometimes they have small children with them that don't understand this yet, and so the family continues down the path so that the child can see for themselves that it's a dead end. They don't understand the clue of learning from others and knowing that it's a path that doesn't get to the goal. In real life, the process of turning around and going back is emulated by the idea of going to sleep at night and waking up to face a new day with a new opportunity to make a different choice. Sometimes we get that chance the next day. Sometimes we have to wait until the next week or weekend to have that fresh chance of an opportunity to try that choice again. Now, there is something else that you have to understand about this analogy. In a corn maze, it feels a bit easier. All of the paths or choices look the same. They feel the same. When you choose one, and it's wrong, going back and choosing the other path feels pretty easy. In real life, the path that we have traveled before feels pretty comfortable and normal and familiar. We know it, and sometimes we make it part of our identity. We consider ourselves an eater or a drinker or a shopper, a social butterfly on the weekends, or someone who is very present in our social media circles. With that corn maze, I want you to picture 
every time you get to an intersection, that the path that you choose lights up. It gets a warm golden glow and the hay appears soft. Picture this as a stark contrast to the other path. I want you to picture the road that you don't take as getting dark and gloomy, like a storm is coming. It looks like a place that would be scary or uncomfortable to walk down. It gets bigger so that you would feel small and the hay looks rough and spiky. Can you see it? See how the path that you took already once and now you know that path, but it doesn't get you to your goal. But now that you are in the deciding place again, how this path is just pulling you towards it. Come and walk down me again. It is calling to you. It's nice on this path. You know this path. Your friends are waiting down this path and they are expecting you. It's well-worn and you see other people coming and choosing this path because they don't know yet. You see them running down this way, laughing and having fun. That's what we do in our real life. Even though we know what happens at the end, we are not thinking about the dead end at the end when we reach for that bag of chips, that third drink, that computer or cell phone to shop or to make those plans or to Instagram. What we are thinking of is the path along the way. It feels familiar and fun. We think about the taste of the food or drinks the fun it is to eat them. We get a dopamine hit when we do these things. We are actually giving our brain a dose of happy juice when we do that, when we put that outfit in the cart and click buy now, or when we go see friends and have a good time or interact on social media with others. We get rewarded for choosing that path again and again. And we enjoy the path until we get to that dead end again. What we do in real life is the equivalent of going back to the choosing point and then going down that same dead end path again. In a corn maze, we would never do this. We wouldn't get stuck in the corn maze all day until it gets dark and stay stuck on the same dead end path. If someone who worked at the maze, who was there to help people, saw us trying the same path over and over again, hoping to get out from our choice each time, they would look at us and tilt their head to the side and say, are you okay? It just isn't something that they are used to seeing people do in a corn maze. You know the old saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, this would be the equivalent of that. Now picture if the other road, the correct road to getting to the goal of the exit at the corn maze, was that big, scary, storm-brewing path. Now, the corn maze professional might not be surprised at all that people would keep taking the cozy, attractive, luring paths over and over again 
in disregarding the bleak, creepy-looking path. Maybe his job all day long would be encouraging people and motivating them to just try something new and give that path a try. It would definitely be a harder task that he had in front of him rather than helping to guide people down the right choice when the choices look exactly the same. Let's take a look at ourselves when we are at that decision-making point. Let's take the late-night snacking example. How many times have we planned out our good intentions? We are going to take a walk after dinner to get that dopamine hit that way. We are going to have some fresh fruit that we set up in the fridge so that we have it ready if we want to grab the bag of chips. We have some good ideas. If we are really committed to that, then maybe those plans work and we don't grab the chips. But if we haven't planned ahead of time for how we will feel when we want the chips, then it's very likely that when we feel tired or we tell ourselves that we don't want to eat fruit or that we had a hard day at work, that we deserve the chips, then we let ourselves just sneak on down that familiar path and reward ourselves with the chips. We know that it's going to get ourselves in that same old place again, just one more time, but we allow ourselves to make that comfortable, easy choice. It's kind of like when we have a child crying or whining for something and we just give in just to make the sad feelings stop. There is something about avoiding feelings, processing familiar feelings like guilt for our choice. That doesn't feel great, but we might be used to having that feeling. So what is the feeling that we are avoiding that seems so scary that we are willing to process shame or guilt for staying on that familiar neuropathway that takes us away from our goal? What is it that is so terrible in our mind that we don't want to feel it? In the corn maze, walking down the right path that we recreated to look big and scary and dark and stormy can kind of recreate what the feeling is to take an unfamiliar choice or path. It replicates the fear or discomfort that we would feel. If you want to know exactly why you are avoiding the right choice in your life, there is really one way that you can find out. And it is about slowing down and being mindful and observant. And then stop before you take any steps towards a choice at all. Look towards the right path or the one that you want to go down to get to your goal. And I want you to go inward. How does it feel? You have to pay attention to your body and do that locating the feeling. Where do you feel it? What is the feeling? I want you to describe it to an alien that doesn't understand feelings at all. 
Say it in the most basic words, like you were describing it to a five-year-old so that he would understand. Take the scary path, just a few steps. How does that feel? And what I'm talking about is how it feels when you do not grab the bag of chips. The sure way to understand that feeling that you are trying to avoid is to put yourself in the situation. The very basic thing that we all don't know until we know it is that we reach for the bag of chips to quiet that feeling, to avoid a feeling. I know that sounds crazy. It sounds just way too simple to be true. But in order to see it in action, the way to determine what feeling you are avoiding is to not grab the bag of chips and see what feeling is coming up. Now, I know from experience with this, I have talked before about when I followed the diet a very long time ago, where I ate something every two hours all day long. As soon as I was done with one little mini meal, my mind would immediately go to the next. I would obsess over the next time and the next thing that I would eat. And I felt like I couldn't wait. It felt hard to wait. Sometimes I would eat it a little early. I was pretty committed to following this. So I would try my hardest to wait for the next two-hour mark but it felt like my feelings were screaming out loudly to be satisfied by eating that next meal. I wanted to quiet those feelings by giving in and eating. I sometimes feel the same way now if I am following a strict food protocol and then I come up against an unexpected treat that someone is offering me that is not on my plan. Someone has a box of chocolate chip cookies, nice and warm, and they offer me one. The feeling that comes up in denying myself one and saying no feels like a loud scream that I need to quiet. And the only way to quiet that voice is to have a cookie. But if you want to know what that feeling is that you are avoiding, you can only really figure it out by feeling it. And the only way to feel it is to not take the cookie and see what that feeling is. The figuring out part is going to come from asking yourself some questions. What is that feeling? But where is it coming from? Usually you can go back to your past and find other examples of when you felt that way. If it's deprived or left out, You can figure out where in your past or your childhood you felt that feeling. And how was it handled? Why does that feeling feel so bad? It's in that figuring out from feeling the feeling and understanding why it feels so bad to you that you will be more effective at processing it. The only reason that we aren't effective at processing it is that it feels too triggering, too scary. We go back to our childhood selves that feels like we can't handle that feeling. And we teach ourselves to avoid it, to avoid that feeling when it comes up. 
to grab the bag of chips or the cookie or the drink or the phone and avoid. Fill that space up with another feeling. Inclusion and fun and being part of the group. And then afterwards, maybe shame or guilt. So that there is no room for that other bad icky feeling. That is why in early childhood education programs, there is such a strong emphasis now on learning about and being able to name your feelings. We want children to be able to grow up with the understanding and the tools to be able to handle the big feelings, to learn how to not avoid the feelings that feel hard to process. Because if we can learn how to do that in life, then we can learn how to try all of the paths that can be a good option for us. We can learn how to get to our goals without feeling afraid of the feelings that come up with trying something new and giving up habits that don't work for us. We won't end up feeling stuck on those little dead-end paths that we find ourselves taking over and over again, just thinking that those paths should work. They should get us to our goal. If we try over and over again, then one time it will just work differently. Instead, we will be able to take a new path that we logically know is good for us and just let all of the feelings come up. We will be able to process them and not be afraid of them. The people in life who get to their goals are the people who have learned to manage their feelings. That sounds like those two things would be completely unrelated, but they aren't. And if you don't believe me, then just hold off next time when you go to grab your phone or your Amazon shopping cart or that drink or that dessert. Hold off and don't give it to yourself and see how that feeling that comes up feels like it's growing bigger and stronger and observe to see what it is that you do to try and push that feeling down. Once you observe it in yourself, it will help you to understand the connection between reaching your goals and learning how to handle these big feelings. It is tightly connected. Take some steps to learn how to breathe and slow down and feel those feelings. Sit in them and ask yourself the questions that will help you to understand where those feelings feel so triggering to you, why they feel so triggering to you. In understanding why they feel terrible to you, you will begin to understand that you can be capable of processing them. But I want you to be easy on yourself because most likely you have pushed that feeling away for your whole life. And learning how to process a triggering feeling is like learning how to do something completely new. You want to do it with compassion for yourself. The same compassion that you might have for a three or four-year-old who is just learning how to be sad 
or angry for the first time. You would teach that child with compassion and understanding. So do the same for yourself. Happy processing, my friends. And I want you to think about this if you find yourself enjoying a real corn maze sometime this fall. Have a great week. 